Good morning. I'm just glad to be here. Uh, yeah, I travel a lot. I do 45 weekends a year. Sounds like a lot, but it's really not. The Lord gave me wisdom. Uh, back in 2011, I was doing some Power and Love conferences. I still do a few, but I was doing all of them. And he said, I want you to get to as many churches as you can. And I was like, okay. He said, don't do midweek, long-term, or extended stuff. Go in on a Friday, get home on a Sunday. You'll never be out of priority. So I'm only out of my bed two nights a week. My wife doesn't have a chance to miss me. And it's all good. And this one was really quick because I got here yesterday. So I'm only here Saturday and Sunday morning. So this is a blur. Like, you just picked me up. <laughs> and here's the cool thing. Like, it's, it's, it's not a business. It's not my way of living. I'm not doing this because I'm trying to support my family. I'm doing this because I feel like I'm called to do this. I'm here because I want to be. I'm not here because I need to be. I didn't ask anybody to take an offering. I didn't tell him I need monies up front. I buy my own plane tickets everywhere I go. And most of the time, it costs me to fly into a place. So why do you do it? Because I believe every word I'm preaching, and he transformed my life. And I actually believe that God wants to live in us and make a difference all over the world. I believe we're the roster of heaven, and we're the best he's got. So uh, I'm just here to talk to you about that for a little bit. I don't have a ton of time. I got one little crack at most of you. <laughs> so I'm going to stay as calm as I can without doing well at that and just <laughs> preach the gospel, okay? So here's the deal. You're making Jesus the one thing because the Bible makes him the one thing. And we're saying it's all about him and focus on him and fix your gaze on him. I heard you say it all morning. And I'm like, okay, that sounds like something you should say in church. But the reason you say it, it's because it's here. Why is it here? I want you to understand the person of Jesus. Nothing was made that wasn't made through him. He holds all things together by the word of his power like he's the big deal. God has raised him above every name that will ever be named. Why? Because he humbled himself to the point of death, made himself a servant, a bondservant, even unto death, death on a cross. Therefore, God highly exalted him. Are you following me? Now watch this. This same Jesus that did all this told us to follow him. He said that the things I do, you'll do if you believe, and even greater things. The Bible says that if we have this hope in us that we're going to stand before him someday, anyone that has this hope, watch, purifies himself even as he is pure. A chapter before that in 1 John 2 says, if you say you abide in him, if you say he's in you and you're in him, then you ought to walk even as he walked. The chapter before that says we ought to walk in the light as he's in the light. This is amazing that I'm looking at my Bible and I'm growing up believing and being told that Jesus is Jesus and we're us and it's amazing he considers us and I'm being told all this stuff, well, that was Jesus, well, that was Jesus, well, that was Jesus, and this is us. And when I read the Bible, he made us for his image. He wants to live in us by the power of his same spirit. To empower me to do the things he does. To be what he is. I'm supposed to shine my light in the world. He told me in the Bible that I'm the light of the world. Well, I thought you're the light of the world. Yeah, I am, and I live in you. Now shine. <laughs> Somehow we've taken this false humility road and failed to put on Christ. You're to put on Christ. The Christ in you is the hope of glory. Not the Christ we sing about, the Christ in you. Not the Christ sitting at the right hand of God, the Christ in you. That's what scripture says. Yeah. 
And I'm just done messing around anymore. For the last 28 years, I've been enjoying Christ in me. I don't have time for tit for tat. And he said, she said, well, I feel, well, they should have never, well, I'm hurt. Well, how come? I'm just done with that. I put that away a long time ago. Yeah, because I realized I'm on the earth for one reason, not two. One, to shine. And if you're not pursuing shining, you're missing why he's in you. If you're just trying to get through your day, you're using God to get through your day, that's not even scriptural. It's not even Christianity. God is not here to make sure you have a better day. God's here to make sure he shines through you as you yield to him. Why? Because he wants the whole world to know him, and he wants the whole world to know him through you. Why? Because he made man for his image. So here's the person of Jesus. When Jesus comes, of course, he's our suffering Savior. He's our sin substitute. He drank the cup of wrath. I'm not making light of that. I'm just making time here. He did something amazing, the lamb slain. He drank the cup of the wrath of God and paid the price of sin for all men. And when he died, I died. Amen. Yeah? Yeah. And when he rose, I rose with him. Yeah? So all of a sudden, I'm seen, watch this, by God through the blood of Jesus Christ as if I've never sinned. It's scriptural. I'm clean. I'm vindicated. I'm pure, holy, and blameless in his sight. Colossians 1. I read it. I believe it. You can argue it, but it's Bible. I'm holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight if indeed I continue in the hope in which I heard it and not moved away. You can go to church your whole life and not even hear that hope. There's places in Scripture, Paul said, as you've been taught, you can go to church your whole life and you're not taught. Why are those things slipped away? Because I believe we've preached another gospel in many ways, shapes, and forms. We've preached other versions. We've brought ourselves into the message. And I believe Satan himself has blinded us to the truth and power of the message. And we've embraced a false humility that proclaims something that he paid for us to be free from. You say, well, that was Jesus. Yeah, and he said, follow me. And see, it wasn't that that was Jesus, it's that was love. Jesus is love. The reason he died on the cross is because he's love. The reason he didn't change his mind is because he's love. I've heard preachers say, God proved that he loved us by he didn't change his mind. He could have came off the cross if he wanted. There's no way he could have come off the cross. Love never fails. It doesn't change its mind. He's not sitting there saying, you know, this is really a raw deal. I ought to get down. That's why he came. He came to hang there. He's not even tempted to come down because love never fails. It doesn't seek its own. There's not one time he's saying, I can't believe they did this to me. He's saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Man, that tells me something. That means he knows who I am even when I don't. That means on your darkest day, he didn't change his mind about you. That's why guilt, condemnation, and shame has nothing to do with God or the kingdom of heaven, but it's what we commonly live in and accept and embrace as wisdom. But I've never seen guilt, condemnation, and shame produce life and stir up the heart in God. He did not come to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. Condemnation is never, ever, ever God. 
neither is guilt nor shame. And it's what we tend to live in. Just spur of the moment, boom, feel so bad. Well, I'm just, well, I should have never. Now regrets eating us up. Years go by. We're out of fellowship with God because we don't even see who we are. We can't reach him because we're not worthy of him. But the whole time he's saying, come unto me. And the blood is speaking better things. Come on. I'm standing before you so excited. You might have a hard time with this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I am clean in the sight of God this morning. <laughs> like I woke up in fellowship with God. Like he loves me. He lives in me because he wants to. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that's amazing. Like, we're talking about God, the God of the universe, the one who was and is and is to come, the rock that's higher than I, unmovable, unshakable, unbreakable. Almighty God, who spoke and everything was, wants to live in me, wants to live in you. We ought to get over ourselves and say amen. And we ought to be like, you know what? You made me for something more than what I've understood. You made me for something more than I've lived, pursued, and desired. You want to put new life in me. You want to put something new in me. You want to forgive me and put off the old and put on the new? You gave me new life through Jesus Christ. What? Not just forgiven life, new life. Come on. But the way that seemeth right to a man, that way that just seems, see, that's what's so troublesome. It seems right. And it buys time and people around you agree. But we're not to be conformed to the world. Why are we, was that to, we're supposed to come out from among them and be separate? We're in the world, we're not of the world. It says if you love the world and the things in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, the love of the Father isn't even in you. Ain't that something? We were trained by the world, but we were created for his glory. How'd that happen? Adam sinned. We were all born into Adam. Adam got cut off from God, the source of life. Got off from God, the source of love. And Adam was made to be love, and now he's in need of love. Adam was made to be love. He was made one with God. Dominion, naming animals, whatever he said, it was so. He's walking in this thing. God made him for his image. That's not a body. It's who he is. God's a spirit. He doesn't have a body. He had to give Jesus one. God is spirit. He made us after his image. He's talking about who he is, not what he looks like. God is love. Guess what we're on the earth for? We're on the earth to manifest him. We're not on the earth to be blessed by him, protected by him, provided for by him. That's what we've turned church into. And now you got discouraged Christians every Sunday sitting in the seats and life is speaking louder than truth. And what they've been through is their reality and what he's been through is theology. Hmm. What he's been through is the real me. I found myself in him. I live my life through him. Are you with me? Yes. <laughs> he loves me. <laughs> and there's nothing anybody can do about it. <laughs> You're too late. You don't even have to like me. He loves me. Now, I'm not trying to be unlikable, but I'm not ashamed of the gospel. He loves me. If that gets you offended, you need to get born again and get religion out of your life. You've been lulled to sleep. We're here this morning because it's traditional time. It's a traditional time in America to go to church. 
But don't get lulled to sleep. Don't be here because it's the time you go to church and you're going to the clearing and you kind of like them and the worship's cool. And yeah, that Ethan guy, he's, he's all right. We're going to go there for a while. Come on, let's get deeper than that. We're here to stir one another in love and good works. There's a great marriage between coming and going. If you come and don't marry the going, then you're missing why you're coming. You're not doing church. You are her. Well, I really enjoy that church. No, you're the church. You, you enjoy the gathering, I guess you're saying, but we've been deceived into thinking this is church. No, this is a meeting house where we assemble to stay stirred in love and good works so we can strive together for the unity of faith, the faith, so we can all believe the same goal, the same thing. And in all our diversity, we can still wake up for the same reason. Yeah, no matter where we live, we can all shine and walk in love and walk in the light and manifest Jesus. We can go on our jobs and have tender mercies and loving kindness rather than complaining and wishing we had a different job because our boss is a jerk and why do I got to work beside Jimmy? God, why are you punishing me? Come on, that's normal language. And it's just really all about us as we sing. It's all about him. And we prove it day in and day out with our up and down disposition. (sighs) Sorry, I got one crack at him, man. (laughs) Bam! No, 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 I'm just kidding. Come on. Jesus is intense. Like he's radical. How old are you? 17. 17. I... I happen to believe Mary was around that age. They say she could have been younger. I don't think she was younger. I personally don't think. I think she was around the age of this young lady. Can you imagine an angel coming to this young lady and saying, Hey, I'm going to stick a baby in you. <laughs> Holy Spirit's going to come and overshadow you. And that one that's going to come in you, he's the Holy One. His name shall be Jesus, Emmanuel. God is with us. And she's going, Be it unto me according to your word. This is radical. This is Jesus. He's God. He was and is and is to come. Nothing was made that wasn't made through him. He was in the beginning with God and he was the word. And he was God. And now he's in the womb of a young lady. Not taking a shortcut. He's not popping up in the wilderness 30 years buffed and ready for ministry. He has to come the way we came. Why? Because he has to pay the price as a man to redeem man. He ain't shortcutting it. That to me sounds like sacrifice. But somehow to him, I don't think it is. I think it's love. I think it's I have to redeem my people. So whatever it takes, whatever it costs. Come on, you know us. We go by our friend's driveway on the way to church. They text us when we pull in the parking lot at the church and say, Hey, man, are you heading to church? Yeah, I just got here. Why? Man, I can't get my car started. I was wishing you'd pick me up. Oh, dude, I'm already at church. Well, I'll swing by and get you. It's only three miles back. But you know what we do? We go get them because they're our friend. But we go, Man, why couldn't they just text me before? And I went, by. I'll just go get them. <laughs> you know I'm telling the truth. And we express inconvenience. And we still do it, but we're not happy. This is the Lord in the womb of a woman. 
being born. Now he's got to go through her birth canal. She's going to nurse him and change his little whatever swaddling clothes are, but they ain't pampers and huggies with sticky tape. I'm just being raw and real. He's got to poop. He's got to pee. He eats. He's sweating. He's a environment, elements. A minute ago, he was and is and is to come. Now he's still all that, but he's a man. That sounds like sacrifice. But it's love. He's got to wait 30 years in a man suit, in a nurse suit. He's got to wait 30 years as a person to even be announced and step into what he's here for. 30 years! We get impatient. 30 years he's hanging out. He's not healing the broken wings of little birds. And all the children's books where he's 12 and he's like... And all his friends are... That never happened. That's all made up. He turned the water into wine. It's the first thing he did. I was a bad boy. When I, was, I had a BB gun, Jesus would have been healing a lot of birds. <laughs> I was a bad, bad boy. Don't give your little boy a BB gun without supervision. The bird population definitely declined. I don't know why. You think you just shoot a target. Why can't you just shoot a can? There's something about that bird, man. I was a mess. I'd have put Jesus to work. But that was all. That's just made up. 30 years he waited until John saw him and recognized him and said, Behold the Lamb of God. And then he knows he's going to do perfect and right and get judged for being totally wrong. Get killed and crucified for being a heretic and a blasphemer. Get this. Nothing was made that wasn't made through him, but he's going to let fallen man accuse him of being a blasphemer. And he's the reason the man's even standing there. He comes to his own and his own knew him not. That's how dramatic the separation and fall of man is from God. That God's standing in front of him for three years preaching truth and he kills him for his words. That's how dramatically opposite the language of humanity was. That's how gross the pride of man was. That God could stand in front of him and he was made by God and yet he came to his own and his own knew him not. That should humble every one of us in this room. He says in James, be slow to anger, slow to speak and quick to listen. What are we? Pop off, ticked off, don't want to hear it, got a whole lot to say. Love lays down its life for another. What do we do? Live at the expense of each other. Who cares? Whatever. Put pressure on our own family. Stomp to your room. Be dramatic. Make people have to respond to you. That ain't laying down your life, friend. Silent treatments in your marriage. I touched it a little last night. That is not laying down your life. You can go to church and give your spouse a silent treatment on the way out because you're displeased with something they said or did and you're just playing that emotional thing. What's the matter? Ain't nothing. Fine. No, I'm fine. No, honey, I know you're not fine. Look, I'm fine. Don't be so insecure. I'm fine. But everybody knows it's not fine. And now the pressure's in the home the whole day. And if you go to bed like that, the next day it's worse. And after a while, we wonder what happened to our relationship. It's called self-centeredness. Ate it from the inside out.
We're supposed to all be dead to ourselves. How do you die to yourself and have so many rights to be everything that he's not? How does a Christian die to himself and have so many rights to be everything he's not? <laughs> I could leave on that one right there. <laughs> Bam! That's a boom, 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 boom. You're, a boom, 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 boom. You're done. That hit everybody. Come on. Well, I want, well, how come? Well, what? Stop. Jesus didn't teach us that. The stuff we say, you can't see it in his mouth. He's not complaining. He's not grumbling. Man. I can show you so much scripture. Oh, there's so many scriptures. They're bombarding me. I don't have much time. Go to Philippians, the end of chapter 1. Let's look at something quick. We'll see what we can get done here. Actually, we're making some progress anyway. So the, turn to Philippians, the end of chapter 1, please. I'll give you time to get there. I'm not like Ethan. <laughs> so, <laughs> I pay attention. <laughs> so look, so look. So Jesus, Jesus is our sin sacrifice. He's our suffering Savior. We know that. He's also, watch, the way back to the Father. You know what we make him? The way to heaven. That's impersonal. He never said he's the way to heaven. He said no one comes to the Father. We make him the way to heaven. He's the way back to the Father, back to relationship, back to intimacy. He said God's going to give eternal life to all that he's given me, and this is eternal life. Not your name in the Lamb's Book of Life going to heaven. This is eternal life that you might know him. Jesus paid a price to restore the union of God in man and God in man. Christianity is deity, union with deity, union with God. Christianity is not a church attender. It's somebody in communion and fellowship with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. 1 John 4 says, if you love, it's because you know him. If you don't love, it's because you don't know him. He didn't say you don't believe in the cross, you don't believe in your need for a Savior, and you don't believe that your sins are forgiven. He said, but if you don't love, there's one reason, not one of two, you don't know him like you could. So the barometer of knowing God is the way you love. Come on. Think with me. The Bible says if you don't love, you don't know him. That's not a slam. That's encouragement. It doesn't say you don't believe in the cross. It doesn't say you're not going to heaven. See, we just, we get so self-centered in this gospel. It's always about, well, what are you saying? I'm not saved. What are you? People get offended and touchy. We came up with a theology called once saved, always saved, just because people live outside of the gospel and they backslide. So we argue over one saved, always saved, instead of surrender and live Christ. <laughs> one saved, always saved, backslide? You would never backslide if you front slid. <laughs> Just front slide and you'll never go back. You'll be like, duh! You slide home and try to go back to first base. It doesn't work. Front slide. Bam! Boom. I'm home. I'm home. Head first. Slide. And you'll never go back. The only people, reason people backslide is because they only come halfway in anyway. They give a little and hold some. You said this. I'm not correcting you. I love you. You said it'll cost you something. 
And you said yourself. And he didn't make it like some people say, this will cost you everything. They get the music right. Have an order call. It'll cost you everything. Let me tell you what it costs you. What you never were in the first place. What you were never created to be. The only thing it cost you is to give up the lie that you were made for you and it's all about you and it's all about him in you. Why is it so hard to give up a lie to obtain a truth? Why do we covet what we were never created for? I can show you in Scripture you were made for His image. I can show you in Scripture that the reason He paid was to restore the image. 2 Corinthians says that you behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and you're being transformed into that same image from glory to glory even by the Spirit of the Lord. Colossians 3 says you put off the old man and his deeds, you put on the new man who's renewed in knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. I got born again to go to heaven? Are you kidding me? I got born again for heaven to come back into me and me to put on the nature of God through the spirit of God and walk in the light as he's in the light. I did not get saved for me. I got saved for his great name. I came out of darkness and now I'm in the light. And I put away attitudes and frustration and anger and strife and judgment and bickering and discouragement. It's all dead. Why? Because I died. And when he died, I died. And when he rose, I rose with him. Are you hearing me? I don't believe you, brother. You sound like you're popping off and you're perfect. I'm dead. And he's purified my heart and I don't want the flesh. I want his nature. You can't make me argue with my wife. You could ask her. I've been saved 28 years. You couldn't make me argue with my wife. It's not in me. He said, well, you see, I feel judged by that. Be challenged by it, not judged. Be provoked, not judged. You couldn't make me argue with my wife. My wife went into identity crisis, Lydia, for eight years. I was a senior, I was a pastor full-time, and she wouldn't come to church. Now, that's pressure if you think about it. But I don't know what pressure is because I'm not on the earth to be loved by my wife. I'm on the earth to be like Christ. Now, if I'm on the earth to be loved by my wife, I've got a big problem. It's called a wife with identity crisis, and now I have to become a product of her crisis. And now I'm only as good as she's going through. Nope, I'm as good as Jesus is on the inside of me. Because guess what she needs when she's living there? She needs Jesus. And he happens to live in me. So now probably ain't the time to be a frustrated husband and call an Ethan with intellect and human reasoning and saying, you know, I got a lot on my plate. She needs to get with it. You can only bear so much and hold up for so long. If she doesn't change soon, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll have to just move on. Did you ever hear Jesus talk like that about you? Then why is that such a normal language? Where did we learn it if we never heard it from him? I wonder how deceived we really are when we believe those things are truth. Because I've never seen that mentality bring freedom. And you say, now I'm really condemned because I've already given up. I've been married for the third time. No, let's move forward. Let's get that lie out of our lives and stop repeating performance. And let's get a hold of Jesus as he gets a hold of us. Yeah? I'm not letting go of my wife. She needs me more than ever. I'm not going to grow weary in well-doing. 
Love never fails and doesn't change his mind. She's in trouble. Forgive her, Father. She knows not what she's doing. Well, she needs to get a grip. She shouldn't live in that kind of weakness. I mean, you're her husband, and you've been trying to teach her and help her and minister to her. If she don't want to believe the gospel, maybe she's just willful and don't want to change. Maybe you need to move on. That's not Jesus. Hello? That's a self-centered, self-preserving, self-protecting excuse and alibi that comes from hell. Because it never produces life, and it gives you a right to have a right. And I thought you denied yourself. Why do you have so many rights when we say we died? Come on, I know that's strong. It's just straight. I don't want it any other way. The road is straight. It ought to be straight. The road's narrow. Confined is the way. Few are those who actually find it. But many go to church. But few are those who find it. We are not here for blessing. We're here for the manifestation of Christ. And friend... That is the blessing. When I'm loving my wife and she's a mess, that is the most blessed place I'll ever live. Because it's surrender. It's giving. It's love. It's not losing sight of the truth in the midst of the muddiness. It's seeing the truth about a person and their value and letting love lead them to change. She got so far off, man, that she believed if she died, it would be a gift to me. She actually said that if she would die... I would benefit because then I wouldn't have to deal with her and put up with her because I'm married to a kook. She would say that to me and would break my heart because I know she's so much more. So she had a violent seizure. So the devil said, okay, she wants to die. Let's just kill her. She says a violent seizure lasts for an hour. Severe brain damage, coma. They call me and said, we're very afraid she's going to die. Can we do this, that, or the other? So you can do anything that you think will help her. I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't have a medical education, and now into time to learn. Yeah. That's what you went to school for. I said it to the doctor. That's what you took all them loans for, and that's what you went to school for. So whatever you think will help her, help her. I'm not a liability guy. I'm not waiting for you to make a mistake and pin you to the wall. Thanks for trying to help my wife. So do what you've been equipped for, and I'm going to come in and do what I've been equipped for. He said, just what is that, sir? I said, I'm going to lay hands on her and the kingdom of God is going to come upon her. If I'm a hurt husband, I don't have that faith. If I'm an offended husband, I don't even have this communion. If I'm weak and I'm sick and I'm hurt because she's weak and she's sick and she's hurt, I'm in just as much need as she is. It's just a different need. But if I'm in fellowship with God and I'm not hurt because of her, but I love her, I'm ready. You get it? He said, well, I have to face the reality, sir. I'm a doctor. And your wife is in a serious situation and she could very well die. I said, sir, it's not even fair to put you in this position. Because you've seen countless people that said they're Christians come in based on your diagnosis with fear, crying, trembling, hysteria, quoting scripture, trying to get results. And you have watched fear upon fear upon fear upon fear. And you've watched storms in the midst of people not ready for the fight. You get ready now. Friend, you live ready now. And you'll never get caught off guard. If you wait to prepare for battle when the war is on the horizon, if America didn't train troops, didn't have anything in position, and all of a sudden another country is on our shoreline, of course we'll lose because we're not ready. You live ready. You live surrendered. You live in fellowship with God. You hear and become that word. And when the storm comes, because it's coming to 
every person's life. Why? Because it's there to what you read in 1 Peter, to test the genuineness of your faith. And the test isn't even coming from God. It's the devil because the word's preached and Satan comes immediately for the word's sake. He ain't afraid of you. He's afraid of you believing the word. He's afraid of you becoming what Jesus paid for. He's afraid of you walking in the light because he's dark and light's greater. He's afraid of you showing mercy and making peace and walking in love because he can't stop mercy. That's why you're sitting here forgiven and filled with God's spirit. Come on. Our war is not flesh and blood. Our war isn't even the devil. It's fighting the good fight of faith. It's believing the gospel in the face of life. And not changing your mind. And when your wife's going through eight years, you say, eight years, that's a long time. Why does time have the power to change truth with you? Why does love always have a time frame when it never fails? Why does patience have a time frame when love is patient? If God had a time frame for you, you might not be saved. Some of you got saved and knew better and still did wrong after you got saved. If God was thinking like you're thinking, you'd be cut off. But somehow you're not, huh? I guess love never fails. I guess the goodness of God inspires change in me. My wife was in this severe coma. I went in, prayed for her with my son. Long story short, an hour and a half after we prayed. See, that's where we mess up. She's in a coma. That's your sweet Lydia, man. If you went to pray for her, And she was in a coma, sucking on that tube. It ain't pretty. You don't want to look at it. It don't even look like her eyes are bulging. It's not good. You lay hands on her, you pray your best 22nd kingdom prayer. And guess what my wife's doing? You know what we think? We better pray again. Well, that's already unbelief because you're looking with your eyes and thinking with your mind. Your next prayer is desperate. Unless you adjust your heart. I know people that have the ability to pray over people and keep praying and not quitting and just keep praying, but they don't shift into that. Most of the time we go in there, we're already shook. We pray, we're hoping it works, and when we don't see any change, it didn't work, let's try again. By the third prayer, you're crying inside, but you still look like you're praying. In those situations when it's that intense, it's good to just understand faith, speak the word, look in her eyes, pop her eyes open. I couldn't find her looking right at you, looking right at you. As soon as I look, I see you. I'm looking right at you. Why? There's life there, soul. I looked at my wife, man. There was nobody home. I'm looking at her and there's nobody looking back. You got to see that, but you don't look at that. You just say, hey, girl. I pointed to my son. I said, your boys are here to get you up. You've been in this nap way too long. We're coming to get you up. Jesus loves you so much. You pray 20 seconds of kingdom. You leave the hospital. An hour and a half later, she wakes up. Do I got any nurses here? Nursing background? Anybody? Okay. Nurse? Nurse. Hour-long seizure. Not good. They say you could have a silent seizure, like a mini silent seizure that you just feel flush, not really sure what happened, but if you do an EEG, it'll show up. The seizure activity will show up. Am I telling the truth? Okay. Hour-long seizure. She wakes up. She's clear, coherent, talking. Nurses are like, oh, my gosh. They run a new EEG. An hour-long seizure, my friend. Not one trace of seizure activity on the new brain scan. Is that even possible medically for an hour-long seizure to not show up on a brain scan? 
He said, not to his knowledge. You follow me? Pretty intense. So an hour-long seizure, the brain scan, should be crazy seizure activity. She had zero. The first brain scan, she's wrecked. Severe brain damage, probably not going to live. Second brain scan, like she never had a seizure. Why? Jesus is Lord. Yeah. So watch this. So my wife, the doctor, he comes running to me when I go in because I'm in the shower and the Lord said, go into the hospital today at a great increase. You got to see your wife. And I'm like, oh my God. So I ran in to see my wife. And they said, she's awake. I said, I know. They said, she's doing amazing. I know. The doctor came over. He said, Dan, this is incredible. Like, this is incredible. We don't even know what. She's, I said, well, I know what happened. I said, doctor, first I want to just thank you for being so awesome, loving, caring, kind. And just everything you've done for my He said, done, we didn't do that. See, I haven't been around doctors that much. But I've learned this. They hate when they're beyond their medical knowledge. Because they're really trying to help people. And when they get beyond their knowledge. Yeah. So he said, I said, thank you for everything you've done. He said, done? We didn't do anything. I'm like, you did a lot. You got her innovated, you cared for her, you're watching her, you did a lot, man. He said, we didn't do that. I said, I didn't say you did that. <laughs> but you did a lot. I said, thank you. He said, sir, we not said, sir, listen, you're fighting the same battle, you're just coming from a different angle. Thanks for loving my wife. He looked at me overwhelmed, because it was his medical brain. His medical brain was blown. He was the emoji with the head up here. <laughs> no, he really was. He looked at me. He's the head of ICU. He looks at me and goes, and he breaks down and cries. What professional head doctor breaks down and cries in the ICU? They see death every day. They see sick people every day. He's overwhelmed because he knew it was God and his heart was undone and the fear of the Lord came on him. And he had to face a higher reality than his medical education. And he's looking in my eyes and sees I know something. Because the whole time, I wasn't an upset, forlorn person. In fact, small world, the tending main nurse to my wife is the neighbor to the teacher my wife works with. So she's running over. How is she? She said, well, she's stable, but she's this. But do you know her husband? And, and Genevieve said that all she kept talking about was her husband. I'm not even trying to minister. I'm just going in to see my wife. Yeah. <laughs> He's so calm. He carries peace. When he walks in the room, it's just different. He's not one bit upset. He doesn't cry. It's just amazing watching him. And it's like everybody enjoys when he's there. I'm like, that would be Jesus. And guess where he lives? And I'm just not ashamed of that. I've been sitting on airplanes. People tremble because I hear things. It's fun. And then they get messed up. (laughs) Especially when you're really right. Like, honey, before you put the headphones on, listen, don't mean to be, listen. No, what is it? Well, I just saw this. Saw it? Yeah, yeah, I'll explain. It's a pain. It's over your shoulders, down It's been for over 20 years. You've been on medicines for it. What is it? Oh, my God. How do you know? It's all right. What is it? She says, fibromyalgia. 22 years I've had it. It's terrible. It's chronic. 
I said, give me your hand. This is going to be amazing. You're going to love this. We pray, and she's bowing. We're talking. She looks at me, trembles, and says, oh, my God. I said, it's okay. She said, no, I'm so overwhelmed. And I said, okay. She said, I feel like I'm talking to God. And I said, well, you are. I said, no, I'm not him. But I promise you, he lives in me. And he wants to live in you, honey. Does he live in you? Because he sure wants to. See, I'm just not ashamed to tell somebody that when they're talking to me, they're talking to him because he gave me that insight. I could, t- I could tell you stories for hours like that and never take a breath because I live Jesus. I'm not caught up with issues. I don't have unforgiveness. I don't have church hurt. God help us. Do you know how self-centered church hurt is? And how easy and vulnerable you are? Just family hurt? Relational hurt? Come on. Hurt means self. Jesus, I guess then, should be sitting on the throne. You know, I paid all this price. I don't even know what for. People don't even want to listen to me anyway. They say one thing and do another. And oh, brother, now they're going to raise their hands and worship all Sunday and make themselves feel good about what they did. And they don't even listen to me. Preaching good in your house. It's your first day, man. Bam! (laughs) You know what's so beautiful about what I'm saying? It's super sharp and super clear, and there's nobody that can't hear what I'm saying. You're not sitting there going, what's this guy trying to accomplish? But it's not hurtful. It's not painful. We're laughing and giggling. It's anesthesia. God doesn't want you heavy. He wants you free. He doesn't want you leaving here saying, boy, I got a long way to go. He wants you saying, man, I got direction today. There's light on the trail. I feel clearer and brighter and more focused than I've ever been. Wow, I think I was seduced into religion, and man, God got my heart today. It's not, boy, you sure stepped on my toes. That's unfortunate. I wasn't even trying. I'm just here to preach what he paid for. Yeah. Oh, my time. Where does time go? That's one anointing I definitely have, brother. Eating time. When I stand before the Lord, I think it's the biggest thing I'll get. Brother, you sure pass time. (laughs) Do you know what we should all get when we stand before the Lord that will be the greatest thing you'll ever hear? If your name goes down in history as a believer. If heaven acknowledges me that I believed him, then everything else is in place. Because there's no super Christian. We think they're super Christians. All you're seeing is believers. We make them idols. And we're so used to not believing that when somebody believes, we think they're special. The only thing you're going to find in heaven is people that believed him. And his grace empowered their faith. No man has anything that hasn't been given. There's no boasting in men. If you see it in his life, it's because it's been given. If it's manifesting, it's because he believes it. There's not one such thing called a super Christian. Boy, he's just an amazing Christian. No, probably a believer. (laughs) 
And these signs follow those that in your whole life, you're going to find you believe something. Did you believe the perverted feelings we all grew up with? Did you believe the perverted motive that you were born with in Adam? Or did you get born again and believe him? Did you believe the wisdom you were homeschooled in the wrong home with? Or did you come back home and make all things new? What did you believe? Did you believe the lie? Did you believe your rights? Did you believe your feelings? Did you believe the facts? Or did you believe him? Man, that's just good. That's provoking. I'm going to finally read. I gave you way more time than Ethan does. (laughs) Way more time. I nailed this one. Verse 27 of Philippians 1. I'm just going to read. I'm just going to read and probably try to wrap up with this because we have children's church. We're not spiritual if we stay here all day. We're spiritual if we believe him, hear the word, be likened unto a wise man and put it into practice. The Bible talks about foolish men that heard the same word but didn't put it into practice. Both got the same storm, not because God sent it, not because they opened the door. The storm's coming, period. And it's coming to crush the word. But you better be founded on the rock because you dug deep and your house ain't budging. Can you tell the way I come across my house ain't budging? I'm 28 years in this thing. Come on, man. If I was going to crash, I'd have crashed a while ago because he sure tried to crash me, the devil. But who is he but a fallen, cut-off, withering branch coming to nothing? My fight is not the devil. My fight is faith. The good fight of faith. Continuing to believe in the midst of whatever. You know what happened to my sweet wife when she woke up out of the coma? I went in to see her. She said, hi. She could hardly talk from the respirator the trach tube and I said hey you and I just started to cry I said you have never been more beautiful and she's in just came out of a coma in a little hospital gown that ties in back she said really (laughs) I wasn't talking about the cover of a magazine I was talking about she's alive and she said what happened she didn't even know what happened I told her I sat on the bed and I was telling her about the lies and wanting to die and thinking that if she died, it would be a favor to me and how the devil just tried to take advantage of that. And I said, but here you are, girl. And all of a sudden it hit her. Oh, you should have saw it. I wish it was on video. She went. And I said, what? She said, you didn't let me go. And I said, girl, you ain't going anywhere. I love you. Mm. That sure beats being an offended husband, broken and gave up four years in. Now I got a story, and I wouldn't be this with my wife, and somehow, and you know, well, God worked me through, but I still got an edge. I'm still bitter. I'm still my language. Man, I can't even manifest like I feel right now. I'd offend the room. She said, you didn't let me go. Guess who never let me go? Guess who I'm created to be like? Guess who I'm following? Sorry, I love you, but I'm not following you. I'm following him. That's why I don't take advice from people. I just read the Bible. Because that's where I find wisdom. 
Did you ever notice how hurting people surround themselves with people that understand their pain? And it empowers them to stay there. The last thing you need to do is be supported in not looking like Christ. You need friends in your life that say, well, what are you doing hurt? Well, no, I heard the facts in the story, but why are you taking that so personal? Your life's not even your own. Come on, you're very vulnerable. If this is going to break you, a hundred other things will. You need to get out of yourself and get out of that thing and come over here into him. That's how I'm a friend to you. That's how, I, that's how I'm a friend. Are you all with me? Oh, I said plenty, but I just read this. I'm going to try not to preach. He said around 12-ish, so... He, didn't, he wasn't like tight-roped on that, so we're good. No, it's your first time in a building. I don't want to blow it up. Like, I don't want the children's church workers to be like hair frizzed. What happened out there? I can tell you what happened back here. <laughs> we don't want that on the first weekend. So let me read. Let's move forward. Only let your conduct be... Wo- Whoa, so we didn't pray a prayer to go to heaven. This is going to be so hard not to preach. Calm down, Dan. Only let your conduct, I'm in verse 27 of Philippians 1, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, come on clearing, one mind, striving together for the faith, that's a perspective, of the gospel. That's not prayer to get a new job. It's a perspective we're all supposed to have. Striving together for that perspective. And not in any way terrified by your adversaries. Which to them it's proof of their destruction. And to you of your salvation. And that is from God. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ. Not only to believe in him. But also to suffer for his sake. Having the same conflict which you see in me, and now here is in me. Therefore, if there's any consolation or encouragement in Christ, if there's any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition, or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you not only look out for your own interest, but also the interest of others. Pay attention, it gets so good. Let this mind be in you. Mindset, motive, perspective. Let this mindset be in you, which was also in Jesus Christ who being in the form of God, didn't consider it something to be acknowledged for, honored for, or made known for, but instead made himself of no reputation. Come on, guys, we sought reputation our whole lives at some level. Taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men, being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself, this is who we're following, and became obedient To the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, given him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, those in heaven, earth, under the earth, that the tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Now he goes right to us. Therefore, you, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with reverence to God and trembling. For it is God 
who works in you both to will and do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and without disputing that you may become innocent, blameless, harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine forth as a light in the world, holding forth the word of life. Are you with me? Do you hear that there is a life to live? Not just a song to sing, not just a list to pray, but a life to live. I'll leave you with this. Let your light, your light, shine before men. You say, well, my spouse isn't on page. Let your light. Well, you don't know my upbringing in the family. I was, stop, 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 stop. If you're ever going to attain that which he attained you for, you got to stop looking behind. you got a present and things to come. You're not Lot's wife looking back. You're his bride looking up from whence came your help. I'm sorry we've all been through hell. I'm sorry we all have stories. Some are worse than others. But comparing ourselves among ourselves is not wise. And what you've been through has nothing to do with the truth about you. What he's been through is where you find the real you. So come out of the darkness and come into the light. In fact, I wish people would stop writing books about their story when there's no redemption in the book. And just what they've been through. All you're doing is keeping the lie alive and you're wearing an identity that's false. You're not a forsaken child. You're loved by God. You're not a victim of incest. You're loved by God. Christ has died for you. It's time to find new life through Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. The last thing I need is language to justify why my life doesn't look like him. One day, I realize I was way deceived. Father, I ask for grace in this house. I ask that you empower these people. I pray that you let this place be such an amazing meeting house that Christ is formed here in people's lives, that Christ leaves here in people's lives and is manifested in this community. I pray for wisdom on this leadership and these elders, God. And I pray that everything that you ever desired to take place will surely come to pass. I thank you for it and I bless this house in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If I don't sit down there.